Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, SnapJHood. You follow me on Snapchat, I will follow you back guaranteed. Also on Twitter, Twitter.com, TweetJHood, as I broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. Big Bank, take no bank. Big Bank, take no bank. Strong, trusted, First Midwest Bank. We will uh, have Tales from the Hood coming up at the bottom of the hour. Stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. We'll hear from Ryan Hollins in an hour from now here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk NBA free agency with him and White Sox with Jim Margulis from Sox Machine. We'll get his thoughts about the Sox and their victory against the Red Sox salvaging the series over at Fenway Park. So we'll hear from Jim, get his thoughts. I'm watching the game, and I'm just like, oh, man, what could be? Their Sox are just not ready yet. Just not ready. I just can't wait for that time because sustained success means something to me as a White Sox fan, as a, a sports fan in general. It, it's one thing to watch a team and watch a team get to the playoffs and then get bounced two or three years and then watch them in the playoffs and get bounced. You want to see a team be able to be on the rise. And so that's uh, that's kind of my focus when it comes to the White Sox. Cubs, by the way, they're losing 5 nothing to Atlanta. That game's at the top of the third. Hugh Darvish is Hugh Darvishing again, surrendering one run in the uh, first, one in the second, and then a three-run homer to uh, Nick Markakis in the top of the third. So 5 nothing, Cubs behind in the top of the third inning. Well, you know... When it comes to the National Football League, when it comes to college football, when it comes to fantasy football, all the football information that you need, every summer there's only one show that jumps on the football, jumps on the football conversation. It's Under the Hood with Summer of Football. The Summer of Football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Fun and we working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds. And Barkley takes it all the 
summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross, off and running, and Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the handoff and takes off Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't there yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. We are so ready for football season. Camps will be opening up soon, whether it's college or pro. And we're always on top of it every summer, our fourth year of giving you summer of football before everybody else. We can't wait for football season. We're glad that you're with us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's turn to a Chicagoan. Let's turn to the NFL Network's Cole Wright. An anchor for NFL Network, he joins me, Jonathan Hood, as a friend of the program here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hello, Cole. Jay, is it just summer of football or is it all the whole year of football? I mean, does, does it ever really go away? Because I know they send us at NFL Network, they send us you know, the, the, this, this off-season itinerary. Here's these dead zones where, you know, you don't go on vacation, don't go here, don't go there. So at least to me, because I know I'm, I'm, I'm knee-deep and entrenched in it, I mean, it's 365 days a year for the NFL. Oh, I know, but but we have we want to be on top of it, man. Because some people, you know, some people just want to talk about baseball. Some people just want to talk about basketball. So for me, but we're always on top of it early, like an like love a month it. before camps. That's why we love having you on and to be able to talk about this, just to get people in in you know get the flavor going when it comes to the NFL. So I'll ask you sure. this, man: from this off season, what excites you most about this upcoming season? Well, I'm excited about seeing if the Bears will be able to do this year what they did last year. I'm just hoping that Chicago and Matt Nagy, they don't fall into the same trap that Jacksonville did just this past season. Because we all remember two years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were in the AFC Championship game. You know, They made predictions that they were going to beat the New England Patriots and go on to the Super Bowl. And you know, all that didn't come to fruition. And then last season, we saw them take a step back because they won the division. And you know when you're a division winner, what do you get on your schedule? division winners you don't have that last place schedule that gets handed to you and that's one of the best things about the national football league why a team can go you know from worst to first or ashy to classy so to speak is because if you're a last place team you're going to get a bunch of last place squads on your schedule as well in addition to the teams in your division so if your division's down and you have a schedule that's favorable then you have a chance to go say 13 and 3 or you have a chance to play well like jacksonville did two seasons ago but the only problem is is being able to fight that regression. You do not want to regress. You don't want to go out there when you're playing these, you know, these these teams that are a, a little more top flight than what you've seen in the past. So that's what I want to see. I mean, I, I want to see if the Chicago Bears will be able to get it done once again. I mean, we know their defense is going to be able to get it done. I mean, they only got better last year, but you know, with Vic Fangio being in Denver and Chuck Pagano coming in, I mean, I don't think a whole bunch is going to change defensively. But when you have a new guy running the whole system and. You know, I'm sure there's not too many departures from what Vic was doing on the defensive side of the ball. I know, I know Chuck is an old-school kind of cat, too, but you have to go through some growing pains. Let's just hope for Chicago Bears fans and Chicagoans' sake in general that there's not too many of them with, with the Monsters of the Midway this year. From all the conversations that you've had on, on the shows, Cole, um, from all the experts you have in, when you guys discuss the Bears, what is the prevailing uh, sentiment about Mitch Trubisky's full year last year? You know, I, and I'm not, not to take anything away from Mitch, but, you know, I still feel as if, you know, when you think Chicago Bears, you instantly think defense. Now, I know Mitch, he played well last year, 
but I would like to see him play. And, and, you know, the one thing that's always going to be stuck in my head is that, oh, the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, okay, they could have Patrick Mahomes. You know, you went on that limb and you got Mitch Trubisky. And, I mean, I just sit and think, like, man, imagine um, imagine how, how sweet Patrick Mahomes would look in a Bears uniform doing the things that he did for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the Chicago Bears. Now, not to besmirch anything that, that Mitchell Trubisky brings to the table, I think, you know, playing quarterback is, I mean, essentially it's the hardest position in all of pro sports, man. Let's just, let's just be honest with ourselves. In, in, in no sport do you have guys that are 300 pounds with six-packs coming to try to end your career, not, not just your day. So I feel like you know, the, the evolution, the, the maturation process at the quarterback position, it's ever-evolving, and that's what we're seeing with Mitchell Trubisky. And last year, he did just enough to help his team out and get wins. Now, I, I want to see him this year take that next step. And, like, the prevailing thought is everyone says, I'm like, you know, the Bears look like they found their quarterback. And when I say, it, did, but did they, though? And everyone seems to agree. Yes, they did. I mean, what? It's, it's yet to be determined. I mean, I know we've seen, you know, it happened in the, in the past where it looked like, okay, you know, Rex Grossman comes in, Kyle Orton comes in, some of these guys, that they're serviceable. But they, they're just not the guy that will push you to the next level, that will get those wins. I want to see Mitch take that next step. And I don't think he's sitting at home losing any sleep like, oh, Cole Wright wants to see me take that next step. But <laughs> either way, I think a lot of Bears fans would, would, would be in, in agreement with me. They want to see him go into that next level and win games, not just hanging out on the defense. You know, everyone's sitting there, they're piling on Cody Parkey for missing that ball that got tipped at the end of the game. But, hey, Cody Parkey had nine, scored nine points before. And Cody Parkey is the one that kept you in that game. So let's not forget. Let's let the offense do a little bit more. Let's see Mitch take that next step. Cole Wright from the NFL Network with Jonathan Hood on the Summer of Football on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I look at that NFC North, Cole, and so as long as Aaron Rodgers has a heartbeat, I'm always afraid, and, and rightfully so. Like I know there's a change with the head coach. I know that uh, there's a little bit of a change in the guard with the Packers, too, because you know traditionally, especially when Ted Thompson was the GM, you know, they would make sure that they signed their own. They wouldn't go into free agency as often. Gutenkunst is in there, and he is... He's getting new faces in there, especially on the defensive side of the football. So I'm still looking at the Packers as the favorite next to the Bears in NFC North. How do you see it? You know, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'd have to say the the Packers and the Vikings. I mean, it's a crapshoot with either one of those teams. I mean, no disrespect to the Lions, but I just feel like the Lions have, you know, they they have some some moves to be made, and I feel like they need to really show the rest of the league that you know they're capable of getting it done. And Matt Stafford needs to be able to beat teams. You know who that play above the 500 level. He needs to win games that are on national TV. There's a there's a whole bunch of extenuating circumstances that come into play when you talk about the Detroit Lions. But when it comes to the Packers, I feel like the Packers and the Vikings they they could be somewhat interchangeable. You know, the Vikings have a little bit better of a defense. Clearly, Green Bay has a way better quarterback. You know, it, you know, not to take anything away. You know, I feel like that's. That's the that's the that's the the word of the day or the phrase of the day. You know, no disrespect, not take anything Stop away. Hedging. But, he, Cole, you're you know, not but, on NFL Network. It's just two homies from Chicago talking. I mean, I don't, I don't like saying, it. You know what? At the end of the at the end of the day, these guys all play the quarterback position, I and it's, it's not easy to do. It's 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 tough to do. I can't do it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and discredit a, a man that goes out there and plays that at the highest level. If you're not able to get it done, so be it. Like it just. It's just some quarterbacks have had more success, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers have more success than the, all the other quarterbacks in the division. So the one thing that, that, that stands out is the fact that he can always win you a game no matter what. The problem is if your defense doesn't keep you in those games, he's not going to have that opportunity. And, and we've seen the Green Bay Packers now miss the postseason for, for the last two seasons, and we haven't seen him 
missed the postseason in three consecutive years. I think it's been like 27 years. So this is going to be make or break year for Green Bay. I mean, if they want to, if they want to make make some noise. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is 35 years old. Like he's the same age right now when you know when when the Packers and, and Brett Favre when they brought him in. So we'll, we'll just we'll see how things shake out. I know 35, you know, now is, is a whole lot different than, than 35, 12 years ago. Right. You know, it just, it's just I feel like you know they, when you see a guy like a Drew Brees, like a Tom Brady, like a Philip Rivers, these guys are are playing well into the late 30s, even into their 40s now. So that's not the biggest issue. It's just how many how many healthy years does Aaron Rodgers have ahead of him? I mean, we've seen him get hurt, and last time I looked, man, you know, getting hurt at the quarterback position it doesn't do anything to uh, extend your playing career. Here's how I always look at at this when we're talking sports. Tell me if this is the right way of of going about it. Like, you know, I can't play the quarterback position either, but I I don't criticize. All what I do is I look at the end result. All we can look at is a one loss record. All we can look at is the either the overachievement, the underachievement, or the championship. So that's how I always look at. Like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to take anything away from the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. However. You always look and say, well, there was a disconnect clearly between Rodgers and McCarthy. That team was not the same, and so they made a change. So all, all, yeah. all I'm looking at is the one loss record. That's why I look at like, did you make it? Did you not make it? What's your process? That's the that's yeah. how I look at it. That's and, the fair way to look at it, right? And we've had these discussions, you know, on a Monday night one time. We had a discussion. The night Drew Brees broke the, 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 the record, you know, the, yes. last season, the passing record. And it, it just seemed... We, we had a lot of time to kill, so we said, like, where does Drew Brees rank? Is he a top-five quarterback? Is he, you know, the best passer of all time? And, you know, we had a lot of, you know, it was, it's myself, Reggie Wayne, MJD, and James Jones. And James Jones, he said, I mean, obviously he's going to ride for Aaron Rodgers eight days a week, and he just said that he thinks that Aaron Rodgers is, is far and away better than Drew Brees. And, you know, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. However, I just, I mean, as, as great as Aaron Rodgers has been in the past, all the fourth-quarter comebacks and whatnot and all the Hail Marys, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is somewhat the NFL's version of Mike Trout. Great. A, 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 a generational-type player is what he is, exactly. We, I mean, we, we don't see too many guys like Aaron Rodgers come along very often. We don't see players like Mike Trout come along very often. Mm-hmm. But some people are already going on a limb and saying Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time, just like they say Mike Trout is the best quarterback of all time, or the best baseball player of all time, which is, is, is outrageous. Like, he's, he's not even in the top 10 best living baseball players, let alone, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't a, a top 10 best living quarterback. But if you start to compile a list, there's a lot of dudes who played the quarterback position that were pretty nice. I mean, I, I, I'd take Tom Brady or Drew Brees for my money in the National Football League right about now over Aaron Rodgers. So Now, now you, now you, that's going to be in the bottom line. That's going to be on SportsCenter tonight. <laughs> well, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't take Tom Brady or Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers? No, I would because I look at the championships and I look at the body of work for sure. I'm just saying that's that's strong to quite strong. You know, a lot of people just believe because Rodgers, you know, dances around like Fred Astaire and is able to get out of sacks and and is is clutch that he's on that same level. And I could, you know, that that one championship will will haunt him. I'm not sure if another championship's coming to, to Green Bay, and that is also a measuring stick. How many championships sure. did you win? So. And, and not just that, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, for that matter, they still have, you know, a, a pretty solid window if, as long as they stay healthy to win. I mean, the Saints, for all intents and purposes, they could have been in the Super Bowl the last two seasons. The ball bounces a different way. Someone makes a play or someone doesn't make a play or a call is made. We already know the Saints could be playing for a Super Bowl championship, and maybe Drew Brees has two. Who knows? But I feel like if Drew Brees, if, if, if he has those two, then he's going to be the guy that, 
you have to put in that, that, that top five rotation, if not a top three. If he has two Super Bowls, I mean, maybe at the top three, you have to go a Brady, a Montana, a Breeze. But if Drew Brees has two, two titles and all these passing records, it'd be tough to not put him in there and to put Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. Cole, it is very difficult to stay consistent in this league because one injury and you take a step backwards with your win total. So when I, I'm looking, I'll, I'll give you a team. You tell me if, if I might be on the right track. So I, I don't... I don't foresee Kansas City being 12-4 and four this upcoming season, but I do see the Chargers probably taking another step in the AFC West. How, wow. how do you see it? Because I see the Raiders, Raiders need, need time with the Raiders. The Broncos also need time as well to be able to, to identify who they are and to be able to get their skill players in order. Could you see the Chargers being a step ahead of the Chiefs in the AFC West? I mean, I, I just I, – I really don't know, man. I, I've never been a firm believer in the Chargers. I feel like the, mm-hmm. I've always said – and last year I went on record on, on the, the show I do on, on Sirius XM NFL Radio with Kirk Morrison. You know, I went and said that you know, the Chargers would, wouldn't make the playoffs. You know, they, they'd be unsuccessful yet again. I said I thought that they, they're just the, uh, the West Coast version of the Dolphins. And, you know, in, in, in most cases and in most years, that's what they do. Like, they'll get on a little hot run. They'll, they'll flirt with the postseason. Last two games of the year, that's what it normally comes down to, and, and they normally don't make it happen. Last year, completely different story. However, they were overmatched. We saw that. In that, in that playoff loss, they, they didn't look like the team they did in, in, in weeks past, and that's what it's all about. You have to be able to stay consistent, not just during the regular season. You have to be able to put some of those, those Ws together in the, in the second season. Now, I know that that sounds like one plus one equals two, but sometimes it's easier said than done. Like everyone sits there and they talk about the Patriots. Well, the Patriots have it easy. They play in the in the AFC East and the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins. They're garbage every year. All right, well that's that's fine. Patriots they take care of their business, and when the playoffs come, what do they do? They also take care of their business. So if you play in a stronger division, you know, quote unquote, and you think that you know that that you basically earned your right into that Super Bowl, then that's not always necessarily the case because because you have to win games when they count. And the Chargers they were a great regular season team last year. Were they a Super Bowl caliber team last? I don't. I don't think so, and we saw that this year. Will they be? I don't know. Their schedule is going to be a little bit tougher than it was two years ago. Same thing goes for the Chargers as goes for the Bears. So we'll just see how they are. They're able to weather that storm. Cole Wright with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Lastly, I know that one of the probably A block got to be B block on, on the NFL Network all throughout this offseason is about the Browns. Whether it's quotable, whether people have the arrow pointing up for the Browns. Can I tell you something, Cole? They better do something with all this talk that we've had about what Cleveland could be and OBJ and, and it just, there's been so much conversation. Of, and I think I think that there are some that are just rooting for the Browns because they've been so bad for a long time and, and they want this to be a story. If they don't turn it around, if this doesn't work, I don't know what will for Cleveland. No, man. I mean, that's that's a great point. I mean, it, it is uh, about the Browns. And I think it's, you know, we saw it last year. I mean, the Browns, it, you know, seven, seven, eight, and one. You know, I think that the, just the fact that they, they have they, they didn't have that that also ran label. They they were no longer the, the the busters of the league, the butt of everyone's jokes. And I just feel like this year there's a whole new energy, man. I feel like you know. Yeah, I, I like Terod Taylor, but he just wasn't what that team needed last year. And Hugh Jackson, that was an experiment that was clearly a failure. Baker Mayfield is the guy for that team. And I, I just think now, with all these extra pieces of the puzzle, I mean, you have Juice and OBJ together on the same team. And it's it's going to be like it's going to be like what LSU should have done 
when they had those two cats on the squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, something tells me that LSU could have had Baker Mayfield if they wanted to when he left Texas Tech. I don't know, you know, what, what all the ins and outs of that were in the recruiting process, but I mean, LSU, and I always call LSU the, the college football version of the Chicago Bears. Hopefully that's changing because Mitchell Trubisky now is, is a franchise-type quarterback. But I just say uh, LSU, their defense, that's their calling card. Chicago Bears, that's their calling card. LSU never has a quarterback. The Bears in years past hadn't had a quarterback before Mitchell Trubisky, aside from Jim McMahon, that had played in the Pro Bowl. I mean, you're telling me you're the number three media market in the nation and your football team can only patch together one Pro Bowl quarterback, especially in, these, in this day and age with, with all these alternates? Like, that's, that's very underachieving. So I, hopefully this year the Bears are on the right path doing what they need to do and, and things need to get done the right way. All right, man. So you want me to get you some White Castle? What you need? What do you need for tonight? What do you want me to pick you up from Chicago? Ooh, you know, I had, I had Portillo's last night. Which is it's wild because I went to I went to Knott's Berry Farm. I took my little one, and it's right up the street from Portillo. So I always know I can kill two birds with one stone. I can ride some coasters and I can get on that. But it was late, so all I had was some fries and a shake, man. So trying to trying to keep it light. Well, if you need me to send you some stuff from uh, is from Chicago, just let me know. Uh, I guess I can send okay. you some stuff. Okay, but you know, I was going to say, man, can can you give me some uh, some discounted meat from Moo and Oink? But I heard Moo and Oink were out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. well, I mean, hot. I feel like movie, even if they went out of business, they should still just run the commercials. I mean, you know, like uh, a, 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 what is it? Uh, Car X, the, yeah. uh, the Victory Auto Records. I thought like yes. just those Chicago commercials. Salozzi Edelson Chevrolet. Like, I mean, come on. There's not. There's nothing like a Nick Salozzi crisp uh, iridescent suit. That's ex- that's exactly right. You would think with Dwayne Wade being retired, you know, he's still got some money. He can reopen those Moon Oaks, right? I mean, that's his I mean, family. come on now. Moon Oaks! <laughs> <laughs> those were all great. Right, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show, as always. Hey, anytime, Jay Hood. The pleasure's all mine, man. <laughs> it's Cole Wright from the NFL Network with Jonathan Hood on the Summer of Football here on ESPN 1000. I see this, Eric, right in front of us, the... Uh, the NFL MVP odds, Patrick Mahomes opens as the Vegas favorite. Okay, so here is the clear preseason favorite, plus 400, which carries 20% of implied probability. Uh, you have Patrick Mahomes at plus 400 for the NFL MVP odds. Aaron Rodgers at plus 800. Andrew Luck at plus 800. Um, Carson Wentz at plus 1,000. Drew Brees plus 1,000. Tom Brady, 1,200. Okay, so... For value, I will go with Tom Brady. Now that you put this in front of me, I'm going to put that in now. I, and maybe that number will change, but I think I can catch it right there at, at plus 1,200 for MV, the NFL MVP odds. I'm going to go with Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady, for God's sakes. you know. And I, I think there might be some slippage with Kansas City, so I'll, I'll go with him. Uh, if I had another choice, as I look at this list, of NFL MVP odds. Mahomes, Rodgers, Luck, Wentz, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, uh, uh, Russell Wilson at plus 1,400, Ben Roethlisberger at plus 2,500. Steelers are not winning the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan in Atlanta is not winning the Super Bowl. How about Baker Mayfield? Eric, You want how about $100 on Baker Mayfield? I actually like an even longer odd than Baker Mayfield. I'm going to hold out for Jimmy Garoppolo at plus 8,000. 
Remember I'm when he came down. back two seasons ago? Wait a minute. I just I, I don't like the Baker Mayfield. I'm not sold on them. A little above Baker Mayfield. I like the Philip Rivers. You were talking about the Chargers with Cole Wright a minute ago. He's at yeah. plus fourteen hundred. I think Philip Rivers has been on the cusp of being a Hall of Fame player for a while. So this could be his breakout. It's interesting. I see somebody. See uh, Trubisky. Yeah, keep scrolling. Yeah, plus twenty thousand. <laughs> with Nick, he's tied with Nick Foles, Fletcher Cox, Nick Bosa. Like Nick no, Bosa has no chance of winning an MVP. <laughs> None. <laughs> I was scrolling down there. I saw I saw Trubisky down there. So you know, but not. But you know what? Not Mahomes. Number one value. Number two. I don't think. I don't think Mahomes will be the MVP. I think Brady is a good value at plus uh, 1,200. Not like what you said there, talking about scrolling down with Garoppolo. Just throw a few shells out there, you know, just see what happens. Um, so, yeah, that's how I look at it. I, listen, I'm no odds couple, but I will tell you that there are some names that I definitely would uh, put down on, on that MVP list. There's another we- bear that has better odds than Trubisky, Khalil Max plus 10,000. So so half the better odds than Trubisky. <laughs> I see that right there, Khalil Mack. He's the dominator. He's Khalil Mack. I like some of those names there. Um Oh, and this too. We gotta get to this too. And and by the way, for those of you just tuning in, thanks for being with us here in Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. The uh, Cubs and Atlanta Braves. It is uh, rain delay right now, and it's five nothing Atlanta with the lead. That game is in the fourth inning. So five nothing Atlanta. It's under a rain delay. When it first, when the tarp just first got on the field, it was like partly sunny skies, but you could see thunder in the background. So. You know, in in these days, you don't want to play with lightning and thunder and rolling in the background. So they put the tarp on, and so it's a rain delay over at Wrigley Field. So we welcome you, uh, for those of you that were listening to that game, to Under the Hood with John the Hood. We've got uh, Tales from the Hood and also NBA Free Agency, Cubs and White Sox as we move forward here on ESPN 1000. Also, the um, piece from ESPN.com, answering biggest NFC West questions, can Gurley stay healthy? Uh, and and so that that's not the biggest question about Todd Gurley. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the Rams, but you know what I'm also looking for? I want to see Kyler Murray. There's been a lot of question marks on whether or not Kyler Murray can be able to stay healthy. Can he be a guy that uh, that, that can be able to lift the spirits of the Arizona Cardinals? You know, not MVP, don't expect the playoffs, but I'm very intrigued out of the many things that I'm looking forward to this NFL season with Trubisky, the Bears, how the NFC North goes. I'm interested in seeing how the number one pick, Kyler Murray, fares with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. All right, coming up, we have Tales from the Hood as we keep you company here on this Wednesday night. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 brought to you by the fine folks over at Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Join Coach Fitz and the Cats for a terrific home schedule. Go to nusports.com, nusports.com. Get your tickets now. Don't wait until later. Get them now. That way it's all solidified for what should be an interesting season for the Northwestern Wildcats. Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. 
Cubs are down 5 nothing. It's a rain delay over at Wrigley Field as the game is in the fourth inning. I, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be all the tales. But so Eric, uh, who is producing the show today, and I were talking during the break because there's rain delay theater. And by the way, well, I haven't seen rain delay theater like this in about 10, 15 years where they're showing old clips of the Cubs from the 60s. This used to be commonplace when I was a kid. And but now, now you get like, you know... More modern shows, Blackish will be on there for a rain delay, just things like that. But they're showing like old '69 clips, and here you're, there's Billy Williams, and there's you know a, a number of old Cubs, uh, Randy Hundley talking about the '69 season. Right? I don't have the sound up, but I, I see the pictures. And Eric and I were talking about during that era of what was it like to be able to go to a ballpark in a full suit and a thin black tie. What, what what is what I mean? What is it? Now, I don't know. Now, now I'm not saying everybody was doing that, but there was a time in baseball where people would go to the games in a full suit. It's wild. Like you'll see the pictures of like an old black and white picture of a stadium, and every single male in the stands is wearing a three piece suit with a skinny black tie and a fedora. Imagine going to a game mid July wearing a wool suit like that. I don't understand it. I don't get it. <laughs> I just want to know if that look will ever come back. I want to know, would you ever go to a game with a full suit on, black suit in the sun, a thin, thin black tie, white shirt, and a fedora? Would you go to the games, like you and your friends, right, as a rib? Would you ever do that? That would be I, a fantastic little bit. <laughs> You'd get on TV, I bet, too, if, if that's a goal of yours. I think that would be hilarious. I would love to see Eric Ostrowski out there in like the, in like your wedding suit that you had out for you. Like, like, I'd love to see you like in a full black suit at a White Sox game, <laughs> just sweating. Oh my God, would you be sweating so bad? I just think that's just so ridiculous. I mean, I understand it was it was part of the day, you know, that it was about like, but but also the other thing is too, just put on cozy, put on like me TV on some of these shows from the 1960s. You know, the the males in the house, especially the dad, would come to dinner with a full suit on. You know that? Are you aware of this, Eric? You're too young for this, but I, I, and, I and so am I, but I see these old TV shows, and like, you know, My Three Sons, and like, uh, Leave it the Beaver and all that, and the father would either have a full suit on, or like, have a sweater and a tie on while being at the dinner table. <laughs> Just like... The second I get home, I put shorts and a t-shirt on, like, right away. It couldn't be any quicker. So, just, we what live in a more it, comfortable time. Wait a minute. What if, it, what if it turned around where if you are going out, you must, like, you're, you know, you're taking the wife out, right? You're going to dinner, but you're going in a suit, even though you didn't work. You don't, you, first of all, we're, we're in radio. We don't need to wear nope. suits or, or even khakis. We're wearing jeans and jerseys and shirts, right? What if you... <laughs> What if you went to, told Madison you're going to dinner? Let's go to dinner, and then you came out in a full suit. And you say I'm ready, and it's like some sushi place. God, she may not want to go. She may look at me. And, well, first she'd complain because she'd have to change then, right? Because that'd be a whole mess. Because I'm way over. I think she would just bail and be like, "Let's just order food." I really do. I just think that's just amazing, dude. The formal attire for like the smallest things like dinner and a ball game and something like that. It just looking at those old clips from the sixties, that's what it reminded me. It's like it's like, honey, I'm gonna go out and get some milk and eggs. Where's my where's my vest for my suit? Can't go out without my shine shoes. (laughs) Just think that's just amazing.
amazing, man. I just think that that's going to come back. That's going to come back around because everything else comes back around. So we're, we're going to start having people going to the jewels in a full suit <laughs> for no reason. And, and women with their formal dresses. You know, we're going to get that. Right. And back in the day, that dress better not be any higher than your knees. So it's got to be a full <laughs> length, nothing revealing. <laughs> God, I'd love to see that. Would just be hilarious to me. Um, a couple of stories for you for Tales from the Hood. There's one story for you right there. The uh, uh, the old school dressing. Um, dozens of cars. And here's here's something. Dozens of cars get stuck in the mud after Google Maps led them to an empty field. A quick detour around heavy traffic in Colorado turned into a nightmare for dozens of drivers who end up stuck in the mud. A car accident brought cars to a standstill on a main road that leads to the Denver International Airport. As drivers were sitting in traffic, their GPS application suggested an alternative route around the backup that would cut their travel time in half. Google Maps asked us to take the tower exit, so I did because it was supposed to be half the time. It was 47 minutes to the tower road at the terminal. So I took the detour, which was supposed to be 23 minutes. (laughs) He said he had all-wheel drive, um, thought they would be able to navigate the road, and then all of a sudden they found a road filled with ditches that caused damage to other cars trying to get through. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. Here's something that's not talked about enough. You know... You turn to Google Maps and you're looking for some advice. And sometimes Google Maps will screw you up to get you in an accident just like that. How many times have you had Google Maps on and it's like, there's wait, this turn is not for another mile. Or or they want me to turn here and that's not where I'm supposed to go. That happens, you know. Absolutely. Like it'll turn you and all of a sudden you're going, you're, you're in a cul-de-sac. And it's like, no, I'm supposed to be getting through. I don't know. It does it sometimes. I just think this proves that. That robots and AI don't need to necessarily outsmart us. They just need to tell us to do things, and we're just going to follow along. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it, I think it's almost a suggestion, more so than anything else, right? It's a suggestion of where you should go. Right, and we uh, just abide. Like, like no questions asked at all. I'll tell you this quick story. So it is, and, and, this, and here's where I know this is true. This is not hyperbole. You know that I've been at the uh, Four Winds Casino in South Bend at least a half dozen times for appearances. We've done college show, uh, college football shows there. When you go there and you put in Google Maps, when you put it in on your iPhone, it, it wants you to turn like two miles past the exit. At least on my phone it does every time. And I'm like, no, here's the exit here because I can see the casino from the road. It's weird in South Bend why that does that. Uh, that's just one example of not following what the what the thing says. It's like, no, I can see the exit here. I don't know what you're talking about, pal, even though Google Maps can't hear me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They can hear you. Don't worry. <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> hey, Siri, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so at least I know it's working. What if she just says always? <laughs> Siri. Hey, Siri, you know I love you. Oh, I bet you say that to all your Apple products. I do. (laughs) Um, Pet obesity is causing big health problems, according to a new report. Uh, If you recently picked up your cat and felt like your back was going to give out, that's all because your furry friend may be among the 60% of the feline population that's overweight. Dogs are getting chubbier at 56%, and... um, and this is from the Banfield Pet Hospital, America's largest general um, vet practice, says that 
arthritis is causing inflammation uh, to some of these uh, pets, dogs and cats. So a dog is now 2.3 times more likely to be diagnosed with um, the inflammation because of uh, arthritis. And so they're getting bigger. I hadn't noticed that before. I have not noticed that dogs and cats are getting bigger. This actually surprises me because I feel like pet owners feed their pets better than they feed themselves. Like healthier. They're always looking for like no additives, just straight grain. So I'm surprised that our pets have taken like us and just gotten bigger. <laughs> right. Well, they're looking. I think they like leftovers like you and I do. Like they're just whatever drops off the table. They're eating everything. There it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, coming up, we uh, pay tribute to a legend, a media legend at ESPN. That is next on UTH. You're listening to Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad to have you in today. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hope you're safe wherever you are listening to the program. You got bad rain and thunderstorms here in downtown Chicago, so take cover. Uh, so have the uh, Cubs, by the way. The Cubs down 5 nothing to Atlanta. This game's in a rain delay in the fourth inning. We'll keep you abreast of what's going on there. Uh, and the White Sox, they defeated the Red Sox earlier on. We're going to hear from Ryan Hollins, who covers the NBA for ESPN uh, coming up in our next hour. Also, some Sox talk with Jim Margulis scheduled at 9.30 right here on ESPN 1000. Well, we heard the news earlier this morning. Uh, the end of an era, after 40 years of being with the company, n- not just uh, a talking head. No, he's not a talking head. Not just a, a talk show uh, host. No. We're talking about a real journalist in sports. We're talking about Bob Lee. Bob Lee, who's been with the company since September of 1979, has decided to hang it up and retire from ESPN. Here's a look back at the uh, career of Bob Lee, narrated by Jeremy Schapp. Hi, I'm Bob Lee, and for the past 16 years, I've been part of something very special here at ESPN called SportsCenter. For nearly 40 years, when things turned serious in the world of sports and beyond... ESPN turned to one man. When the earth shook at the 1989 World Series, Bob Lee was on the scene. My gosh, downtown San Francisco, it's buckled, it's gone. When Pete Rose was banned from baseball for life, Bob Lee was there. Did you bet on baseball? You ask me that every time I talk, and uh, you're going to get the same answer today (laughs) as you got that time, and that's no. When bombs went off near the finish line of the Boston Marathon... Bob Lee was in the anchor's chair. Finish line, and all of New England emotionally shares in this moment, torn asunder at 2:50 p.m. by simultaneous explosions on Boylston Street in downtown Boston. Day in, day out, year after year, it was Lee who was counted upon to report the news, ask the tough questions, project gravitas, whether he was in the studio or on assignment, in places like Russia, Vietnam. Cuba, South Africa, and Brazil. As the host of Outside the Lines from its inception in 1990, Lee imbued the show with his own journalistic values and temperament. How difficult a decision was it for you to come public? With Lee at the helm, OTL's been for three decades a bastion of impactful reporting and commentary, and the recipient of the industry's most prestigious awards. 
Which is not to say that Lee couldn't be playful and funny. Over here. Hello. <laughs> he was. As one of the mainstays of the Sports Center desk in the 1980s and 90s. <laughs> you punch, we gotta do it again. Hamming it up in Sports Center commercials. The sweet science, bring it on. Hosting coverage of big events, including his favorite, the World Cup. I don't know if we've ever seen anything like it in sports, considering, as we said at the top, where this was played, what the stakes were, who the participants were. Lee's versatility, his ability to do everything well, was always evident. From interviewing presidents to making sense of the unfathomable. Sports is an afterthought. We fully appreciate that. We know that you do as well. In the early freewheeling days of ESPN, Lee was called upon to provide play-by-play -play coverage of nearly every sport on the air. Hello and welcome once again to the NCAA Basketball Report. I'm Bob Lee. But eventually it became clear that Lee was most valuable at the anchor desk, where he was unflappable, incisive, and adroit. Over the years, as Lee's stature grew, he allowed himself to show more of his personality on the air. For those who say it's, it, it is base canard and unfair that FIFA makes it up as they go along, they are making it up as they go along. And to share more of his opinions. I am losing count in the ways the Ohio State response is both feckless and beyond tone deaf, but I fear that counting has just begun. In the end, if a single word can be used to describe all that Lee contributed, all the ways in which he helped build ESPN, it would simply be integrity. The integrity he brought every day to his duties at the anchor desk. The integrity he insisted upon in the work of Outside the Lines. The integrity that informed his relationships with his colleagues. There has never been an ESPN without Bob Lee. Now, as he walks away, it's clear that there never will be. He will always be part of its history, its fabric, its essence. He will remain a beacon to all who follow, not only here in Bristol, but wherever journalism is practiced, wherever its values 